Learn more about the albums you love with Dissect, a music analysis podcast hosted by me, Cole Kushner, a lifelong musician and composer. Each season of Dissect dives deep into a single album, forensically dissecting the music, lyrics, and meaning of one song per episode. Our newest season is covering Tyler the Creator's Igor, a beautifully honest album in which Tyler explores love, communication, masculinity, and truth. Listen to Dissect today only on Spotify, because great art deserves more than a swipe. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older. 18 and older in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Whether it's taking all your little ones to their sporting events or everybody getting together and taking a ride to the beach, the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure. With features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or... Standard third row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest edition of Weekends. I'm your co-host, Big Waz, a.k.a. Wazzy Lambray, and I'm joined by two very special guests today. They are the rabble-rousers of Warriors Twitter, the voice of the people, you know, Twitter... Warriors Nation proletariat, if you will. They're not these fancy schmancy credential-having motherfuckers, okay? Samus Fendiari and Andy Liu of the Light Years podcast. What's going on, fellas? I mean, should we even be allowed to speak on here without credentials? (laughs) (laughs) Y'all boys is blog boys. Odd boys. Y'all not the real deal. You guys don't wear fedoras with feathers in them, okay? You don't show up to the Steve Kerr press conference with an actual notepad and writing in cursive. You guys aren't real. Y'all not part of the craft of this here journalism, okay? This isn't a game. It's a calling, okay? So if you guys haven't taken the oath to uphold, what is this shit called? The fifth Pillar, the fifth element? What's what's journalism called? I forget. Anyway, y'all not part of the I think fifth element's crew. a movie. Okay, whatever. Y'all knew what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> Sam and Andy, welcome to the pod, man. I'm so happy to have y'all on. Appreciate you, man. Is anything more fraudulent than journalism where you just write about sports? Like, you know what? I'm, what I'm trying to say is I spent a lot of time in my life reading about sports. Uh-huh. And, I, and I do feel like a lot of journalism out nowadays is, is so boring. Right. Mm. Outside of like your explosive stories, like maybe maybe you get like a hey, nobody respects Carl Anthony Towns in the Minnesota locker room store. That's a cool story. I'd read that story. <laughs> but outside of that, I do feel like a lot of writing nowadays in sports is kind of boring. 
which kind of leads to the podcasting stuff where, where people just generally want to listen to people bullshit, which is kind of what we're doing. I'll say this. This is all I'll say on the subject. And I was just joking. Now, I got two inside baseball about a Twitter joke and a Warriors Twitter, whatever. I'm so entrenched in y'all world that it's ridiculous. This is the thing about people in our profession. A lot of them are very insecure about a lot of things. But one of the main things is that you have this creeping suspicion that as a sports journalist, your job doesn't fucking matter. (laughs) You're talking about sports. Like, who gives a damn? Like, we love it. Obviously, we're maniacs about this shit. Of course, we love it and we're going to consume it. But nobody's life is actually affected by this. This isn't as important as the war in the Ukraine. I mean, come on. We all know this. What's going on in the Donbass right now? Exactly. We all know this. And and I think some people in our profession, like they let that creeping insecurity and, you know, they're just understanding about how meaningless what we do is. And they just lash out in weird ways sometimes. And it's stupid and it's real gatekeepy. And it's like, guys, we're here to have fun. We're here to celebrate this game and these things that we all love. Let's stick to that. And like get out of the whole, you know, self-serious and self-importance. That's my PSA for today. But let's get into the Warriors, man. Because I'm going to be honest. I don't think any single contender has looked like world beaters to start the season. I don't think you can say that about anybody as of yet. However, I think I'm about the least worried about the Warriors. But I do think there are some interesting dynamics that creep in, especially when you talk about one, and I know we're going to get right into it, fellas, the Wiseman situation. Oh, the situation? Can we get like a Chiron? Like the, the, CNN, oh. the Wiseman situation. It's a situation because this team won the championship last year. This isn't one of those theoretical championship or bust teams. Sure. No, they won the chip last year. <laughs> okay. They, they won the chip last year. Like this is a serious championship contender, but they do have a sort of youth wave, youth movement that they're trying to usher in and they're delicately trying to handle. And Wiseman is sort of the mascot of this situation because, one, it's easy to see his potential, but two, he's clearly not very good right now. (laughs) So it's like those dualities are competing and we see it with the extension being handed out to Jordan Poole and, All of these kind of things, like, we understand the youth movement is happening, but they're trying to win, too. And how do you feel about that tension, Sam and Andy? I've, you know, put this to you guys. So it's two two ways for me. So it's like, the reality is they played kind of an eight-man rotation in the playoffs, and they let two of those guys go, GP2 and Otto Porter, and Mm. they want to replace them with, with the kids they drafted in the top 10. You know, Wiseman, Kuminga, I can even throw Moody in there as a 14th pick. Makes sense, but it also, it's like one of those things that makes sense on paper. And then in reality, you're like, yeah, development doesn't always work at the pace you want it to. So on the one hand, I'm like, kind of a gamble. On the other hand, season's long. Do I really think they can't pick up a veteran big man at the trade deadline? If Wiseman doesn't develop at the pace you expect, if Kuminga doesn't develop, let's say we get to January, February, and we're like, man, there's no way those guys are going to be ready to contribute 15 minutes a game in the playoffs. Can the Warriors really not just kind of go out there and like find 
a Bialica or an Otto Porter to eat some of those minutes. So it's like, if nothing else, it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun to watch them try to do something that no one else has tried to do. Are you having fun? Maybe? Is it fun? Is it? I was literally going to ask, is it, is it fun? I think in theory, if, if you take at it at a high level, it is fun because high level, it's Warriors are, are the best team in basketball. The Warriors, when it comes to the postseason, like Sam is saying, is going to play eight guys. And, and those eight guys are going to be all the veteran guys, I think. I was thinking about this they last night. They don't have eight vets, though. <laughs> well, you could throw Jermichael Green and, and, yeah. and Dante, count True. Dante as a vet, and, and say, screw it. Although, you know, who knows how good those guys actually are. But we had the same questions last year about Otto and True. GP2, right? So I was thinking about this last night. Clay Thompson was on the All the Smoke pod, and he mm-hmm. was saying how he was pumped up that he was able to win a championship. I think he said his fourth or fifth year in the league. And he was like, well, I got that out of the way. And, and I was thinking, like, damn, that actually happened really fast. He got to where he, I mean, he wasn't the second best player. He was the third best player on the team, maybe even fourth after Andre. But he was to a point where he was good enough to win a championship player as a rotation piece. I was thinking about that. And then I was thinking about Kaminga and Moody and Wiseman. I'm like, what year are those guys in? Kaminga and Moody year two, Wiseman essentially year one. Or maybe you can say like second half of year one. All that being said, even if the Warriors get to build these guys up for the postseason, I still don't believe they're going to be good enough to play winning basketball when it really matters, not more than like five minutes, except for maybe Moses Moody. Like when it truly, truly matters, you're not even going to see Wiseman on the floor come April and May. And then Kaminga, I mean, I, I don't know. He's not even playing right now, right? So who's to say he's going to be playing in May? So I think it comes down to it. All this is fun and games for the next 80 games. But yeah, man, if it comes to April and May, I, I don't, those kids aren't stiff on the floor. You know, it's funny because as I'm listening to you guys speak, I can hear fan bases of other teams listening to this and thinking to themselves, this is first world problems. This is a rich man's problem. Oh, we don't know what we're going to do. If our number one pick, our number two overall pick is going to pan out this year. We don't know if Kaminga is going to turn into a rotational player this year. But even without it, we're championship worthy. I can hear the fan bases in places like L.A., both teams, by the way, and Brooklyn being like, those are your problems? Seriously? But I th- I bring it up because, you know, and, and people are going to say, oh, you guys are dwelling on the Draymond thing. I think it matters because it's of a piece. It's like all of these things sound great on a higher level in theory, but in practice, these are human beings. And this business is a human business, meaning like you deal with people problems and resentment. What that means is resentments, jealousies, you know, all of those kind of things come into place in this kind of workplace, hothouse, hyper competitive environment. And, you know, reading your tweet, Andy, where you're just like, bruh, we can't do this shit without Draymond Green. We can't, we we literally cannot do it without what he brings on defense. And yet, you know, he seems to be the organizationally, it feels like he's the one that feels the least coveted. By the way, I real quick, I had some I had a ton of people text me when he punched out Jordan Poole saying, like, whoa, get him out of here. We got Wiseman and Kaminga. And I'm like, y'all don't understand. Y'all don't insane. (laughs) One, y'all don't understand how bad those kids are at trying to play winning basketball. Y'all don't realize how bad they are. And then two, you don't realize how good Draymond is, but he's an asshole. So, you know, I I think he's gone after the season. But anyway, there's there's like a half dozen guys in the league you could replace Draymond with at most, and they'd still be a contender. You know, like there's Mm. not that many 
even though he doesn't score, like he's the anchor of everything they do defensively. And that's kind of important. As you see, when you replace with Wiseman, they're kind of not winning at the same clip. What I wanted to ask you was, do you think Draymond is loving this more than anyone? Because every time we watch the young kids go in there and it's just, it's just so clear that they're years away from being like contributors in, in real playoff basketball. And that's fine. They're 20. That's how that this thing usually works. Do you think he's loving it? Because it makes him look more valuable. And the farther away we get from the punch, the more you're like, all right, he's, he's a little bit of a dick. And I wish he wouldn't do some things he did. But... <laughs> when he's out there with Steph, with Clay, with Wiggins, those guys were not beatable. And when he's not out there, they're a pretty average team, you know? You know what's so funny about you at guys asking me that is the thing that I always come back to whenever Draymond does something completely, you know, insane and, and unhinged is that ultimately he's always been right. <laughs> like he's right. yeah. <laughs> you know when he's yelling at KD about yo KD we don't get out of our shit so you can monopolize our offense and shut the fuck up like I don't care how good you are and I don't care that you're leaving the t- like you're leaving anyway and all of this stuff and like bro ultimately he's right about how the Warriors need to play to win right like anytime he's gotten into arguments yelling at dudes to be in the right spot or you know make the right pass or set the right screen or s- slip the screen when it's needed or do whatever he's right ultimately about the basketball part and when Draymond is like yo I should be getting paid before these cats I have a bigger impact on winning than them he's right he's right. He's just more important than Wiggins is. He's more important than Jordan Poole is ultimately when it comes to winning right now. Yeah. It's just the truth. And so when you ask me, do I think Draymond is laughing? Like, yeah. You know, if sports were as meritocratic as we proclaim them to be, Draymond could take the tape last night (laughs) or the night when whatever the Phoenix matchup. Tuesday night, yeah. He could take that clip, just isolate the Wiseman defensive possessions, just place that on Bob Meyer's desk. Say, can we watch this together? You want to go play by play through this? You want to do this together? You know, you you, want to like, do we want to actually talk about what I bring to the table? Like, he would have the right of way. There's just no two ways about it. And again, the reason why this matters And I think Steph being in Golden State, I'll say this again, he just don't get enough credit for being the kind of leader that he is. This guy's holding this shit together as far as the temperaments involved. Brooklyn as the counterexample. Who in Brooklyn is going to make that situation right? You know, and so I think if it wasn't for Steph... This Draymond thing over the course of this long-ass season could get nasty because he's just right. Are we sure yeah. it still won't get nasty? That's the thing. <laughs> you just saying it again, nastier. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but that's the thing. Like, when you think about how good Golden State is, but they don't have to be this good. They don't have to be this functional. These real-life human situations can bubble to the surface. And I think that's what makes watching them so fascinating. I mean, 2019 was literally, they went through the shittiest year and they still should have won. Everybody, 100% of people know that they should have won that year and they were 
absolutely miserable, which I think what Steph did underrated last season was coming off the bench because now Jordan Poole comes off the bench. You watch Jordan Poole and you're like, well, the dude's getting paid 120 plus million dollars and he's coming off the bench. That's crazy. That's not something I don't think Jordan Poole would normally be able to do. That's the new status quo. Tyler Hero's doing it, you know, (laughs) Anthony Simon, whatever, you know, just mill off the bench. (laughs) Which which to Miami's case is like, well, you should probably, you guys have no offense. But anyway, actually, Warriors play Miami tonight. So that'll be good for those guys to play. The Draymond stuff is fascinating because there's also another piece of this, I think, too, is how long does Draymond have that quote-unquote leadership quality in the locker room? Steve Kerr talked about him kind of losing it and Steph kind of taking that mantle, which I think we always said that Steph had that mantle. But how long before, I mean, do you think Kaminga listens to Draymond? Do you think Wiseman Mm -hmm. listens to Draymond? Do you think Jordan Poole? I don't know, right? I don't know. But there's got to be some point here where these guys are looking at him like, dude, you're freaking, like, you're the crazy uncle. Like, we don't, we don't really care about you anymore, man. But to your point, whatever Draymond is saying is right. Because whatever the young guys are doing is wrong. Because it ain't working out there, right? But are they listening to Draymond? I don't know. It's a fascinating thing. It's going to be interesting to see how it evolves over the course of the season. Because everyone's on their best behavior. We're, we're four games into the Certainly. season. Yep. Yeah, it's like, yeah, they looked okay in some games. It looked rocky in others. But it's four games. Everyone's like, preaching the process and let's see how this looks. What does it look like if we're at game 30 and it's still like starters come out with a 10 point lead and come back in down 10 points type of thing? You know, do you start seeing like Steph and Clay get less patient with that sort of stuff? Does Draymond stop? You know, currently he's on his good behavior because yes, we're, that is correct. We're uh, what less than a month from That's his correct. his last transgression. The Draymond <laughs> cycle is very, very, um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's always the same. He does something completely insane, <laughs> apologizes, says he's going to be better, gets back on his good behavior, and then two to three months go by and he's forgotten about it again. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> it's like an alcoholic, right? It's not like an addict, a person with an addiction. It's like, you know, he's clean. I'm clean. Everyone's clean. Everything's great. And all of a sudden he sees that first tequila shot and he's back on. You know, who knows what, who knows what it's going to be for Draymond. A couple is, weeks from is now, Jordan Poole, is Jordan Poole the tequila in this analogy? <laughs> <laughs> Those guys are flammable, man. Probably. The NBA season is underway and it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 guaranteed. Plus, FanDuel is the only sports book that's giving all customers three months of NBA League Pass when they make a $5 bet on the NBA. I want to talk to you guys about a bet that I'm really into, and that's Giannis minus 550 for Depoy. I think he's the most versatile defender in the NBA and he's going to play the games he's going to make the impact bet that right now that's free money for you guys FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spread to player props you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same day parlay plus with live betting you'll get updated odds on games that have already started the FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe secure and super easy to use so download FanDuel today and use promo code RINGERNBA that's promo code RINGERNBA to get your no sweat first bet up to one 
$1,000. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, official sports book partner of the NBA. 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problems? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com backslash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia, 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 533-42 in Arizona, 1-88-789-777 or visit ccpg.org backslash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York, Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. It's 3 p.m. and dinner is still hours to come. Maybe lunch didn't quite hit the spot. That's where the new two for five dollar chicken wraps from Arby's come in. Available in ranch, barbecue, and honey mustard. They're perfect for the afternoon snack attack or as an add-on to your meal. Arby's two for five dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. Listen. And I want to bring the listeners into just why I love you guys so much, because we're talking sort of higher level stuff, but we can get into the granular stuff, right? Yeah. I'm watching that game and I'm doing the second screen stuff. I'm on Twitter and all of the beat guys and (laughs) full disclaimer, full disclaimer. Oh boy. I got a lot of respect for people who are on the beat. I understand the nature of their job is different from somebody like me or even Sam and Andy who are on the ground, but they don't rely on quote unquote access journalism to deliver what they deliver to Golden State Warriors fans. It's not dependent on this access journalism stuff. And I think we need access journalism. So I'm not trying to denigrate those guys. I'm just saying they're going to take a more positive posture, a more positive outlook, on the things that are happening with the team because they deal with these folks on a day-to-day, so they're less likely to trash something. That's not to say they're giving people untruths. 
or half-truths. They're going to give you the most optimistic reading of something related to the team. Right. So now I'm done with that disclosure. We can get to the nitty-gritty. A bunch of beat guys are on Twitter like, wow, Wiseman looks good. He looks great. He's running the floor. He dunked it while he was wide open. Wow, you got to be satisfied with what you've seen from Wiseman thus far. And then there are other people who might be looking at the things that you really going to need this guy to do in order to contribute to winning basketball. It was like, yeesh, this was a nasty first half for him. <laughs> Sam, <laughs> what, what did you see from Wiseman that you were just like, man, this is concerning? I mean... The center's primary responsibility for the Warriors is to anchor the defense and help facilitate the shooters more than anything, right? You know, it's like you can go back to Andrew Bogut, Draymond, Expert obviously amazing. That, by the way. Um, yeah, Draymond obviously made his living on that. Looney's actually got really good at that as well. And he's a second late on everything. You know, if he should be rotating to the help side, he's, you know, he's a second late. And it's just, it's deer in headlights. It's, again, not surprising. He didn't play last year, and when he played as a rookie, he also looked deer in headlights. I think it's something like 1,000 minutes of organized basketball in the last four years. Why would you expect him to be able to rotate at the speed of NBA action at this point? But it's just like, it's jarring because if your center doesn't know what to do, then the other team's just going to be like, pick and roll. Put him in pick and roll every time, and it's a layup or an open three or an open kick out to three every time. So that's what I was watching. I'm just sitting going, I don't know how this even benefits his development, throwing him out there to get sauteed by Devin Booker and DeAndre <laughs> Ayton, you know? like. Well, I saw Davion Mitchell score over him. Davion Mitchell, <laughs> dude, he's like my height. He's like six one, maybe tops, and he, he scored. No, I wouldn't be able to score over Wiseman, but come on, man. James Wiseman does things that Warriors fans have never seen, ever. He's a seven plus footer that can run the floor faster than definitely run the floor faster than Kevon Looney, but can run the floor <laughs> faster than a lot of wings of the NBA. Right. He beat Aiton down the floor a bunch of times, and Aiton is one of the smoothest running bigs out there. Yep. Right. So he's got that, like, he's not Giannis, but he moves in a way that you're like, what the hell? And then he can dunk kind of rebound. He can shoot a little bit. So you're seeing things where you're just like, holy crap, we've never seen this before. The question though, is how much does that actually matter to winning mm -hmm. basketball? Right. So if you can do all these things that are so cool, like run the, run the floor, does that actually matter? Because Kevon Looney cannot run faster than I. You know, another comparison for myself. He cannot run faster than I, but it doesn't matter because when it comes down to the NBA finals, dude is on the floor grabbing 15 rebounds a game. That's winning basketball. And so I think that, I mean, it felt always felt like Wiseman can guard Luka, pick. Can, can guard Luca on an island. Andy Lou can't do that. I no, I can't <laughs> guard. I can't guard Walls on an island. And so it, it felt like the Wiseman pick. And actually, I'm with Sam. Like I, I don't know. It's early. You can't really say it's a bad pick, though. They have to make a decision here soon about picking up his option. But it's a matter of he does all these things that they think is cool and is athletic, but do those translate to winning basketball? It just feels like a Joe Lake of, wow, this is a shiny object. We must have him. We don't have him. Kevon Looney, Damian Jones, all these guys can't do this. So now we have to get a guy that does this. And then you get him and you're like, all right, shit. Now we got to teach him all the things that matter to winning. Can he find rebounding position? Can he catch a basketball? Because even when he's in rebounding position, he can't catch a basketball, right? Can he actually, <laughs> Sam says he's a second behind. Even when he gets 
into the right position, he puts his hand up and somebody shoots it over him. Like he's kind of confused whether to, to, to looks, foul or like not to two- foul. Right? It, so <laughs> whew, it's a lot. It's a lot. I'm tired talking about him. And I can't imagine what he has to think about. I got 78 more of these suckers to talk about him on. (laughs) What I was going to say is the thing that was always so interesting to me about Wiseman. It's like when you think of the Warriors, the Steph Curry, Steve Kerr era Mm. Warriors dynasty, Mm. they're defined by players who are not the most athletic. Like they're obviously all good athletes, but they're not. It's not, it's not Giannis. It's not, you know, LeBron. It's not like quick twitch, like above the rim athletes. Right. And they're also not particularly big either. They've never, they've always been a team that it's more about like IQ and skill level to win. And with the, both the Wiseman and the Kuminga draft pick, it's all tools. It's, it's picking the opposite, thinking they could teach some of the more innate intuitive Mm -hmm. qualities that, define like the way Steph plays and really define the way Draymond plays more than anyone. Right. So what you're saying is like, you guys played the Kings and you watch a guy like Keegan Murray, who just Uh, has a feel automatically. He just, he's not as, he don't got the bounce. He doesn't have the quick twitch stuff. He's not going to win a dunk contest. Kuminga could. He's not, but his feel for the game is so impressive for somebody his age and, you know, the guys that they brought in. Although, listen, Moody looked him. I think Moody's going to be a rotational piece. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be a rotational piece, I think, by the end of this year. So the guy that got drafted like 10 picks after the Wiseman, the Warriors loved this dude. Also was on the Kings, Tyrese Halliburton. Was. Imagine it <laughs> also was on it. Yep. Which Kings being Kings traded him away because they're idiots. That guy peak Warriors player and, and the Warriors loved him. But you know, you get to the top two pick and you're like, you got to draft the guy that has all the tools. But you look, I look, I watch Halliburton play and I'm like, shit, man, that guy, yeah. I'd rather have him than LaMelo. His feel is, is, is incredible. Like I thought he was like a good passer. No, this dude is like elite passer. Shoots it. But yeah, look, the young guys is something to monitor going forward. Outside of the the young guys, what are you guys? Because this is what I love about fandom. And you guys are unabashed in your fandom. You're neuroses about the team. Even when they are championship level. Never ends. Or j- it, it never stops. Like you, you see a, a hiccup, a hurdle around every single corner. There's a boogeyman waiting to blow this thing up around every single corner. So tell me what else you guys are looking at related to the team outside of how Kerr manages the young guys and the rotation. Let's go with Clay Thompson. Had a rough start to the season. I thought he he was above my expectations last year, but like the playoffs were up and down for him off of two and a half year absence. I'm just curious how he looks going forward because it seems like, you know, there was hope he'd be better with a full off season, he gets farther away from the injury. And I just don't know, like in general, I think he's probably playing at a higher level than you would expect someone who had an ACL and Achilles back to back, but it's also like not the clay you remember on some level. Obviously it was, it was fun watching him get into it with Devin Booker and get ejected on Tuesday night. That's, that's one thing. And then the other thing for me is just, it's just Steph. Like he, he doesn't look like he's aging. And mm. as long as he's playing at this level, like he's, he's averaging over 30, he's basically picked <laughs> up exactly where he was 
in the in the playoffs. It's like yeah. one of those things where it's so like so filthy in the playoffs. It was ridiculous. On some level, the young guys thing annoys me because it's like this is the best player in franchise history. It's not close. <laughs> Sorry, Wilt. You know, um, <laughs> and. I mean, he's like, he's a generational player. Like they could, Mm -hmm. they could be amazing after Steph and they'll probably never have a player like Steph. So part of me just wants to be like, can we just live in the moment? Because Mm -hmm. maybe he has one more year at this level. Maybe he has four, maybe he's, maybe he's the Tom Brady of basketball. He has a decade. I don't know, you know, but it's Mm -hmm. like, they want a title. They have a very realistic chance at repeating and who knows how much longer it can go. I'd rather live in the moment when and with, with that because it's like who knows what the future holds. The Warriors are worth seven billion dollars. Just saw that report that came out. You, you think you think that's because of Joe Jacob? <laughs> you, think, you think that's you think that's you think that's because of? Oh, Peter he's Goom? a he's a brilliant businessman, don't you know? He made billions. He's a self-made billionaire. Of course, the franchise value is because of Joe Lacob. Because of Joe Lacob. Although you know, it's better than better than whatever the Warriors have had for fifty years, right? But I mean, that, <laughs> yeah. that's a Sam's point about Steph, right? That's I mean, the team went from X millions, talk about millions to billions, number one over the Lakers and the Knicks. The clay stuff is the biggest thing. It's it's to me by far the biggest thing. Dude came into camp and, and started he do looks fat. I mean, he's fat and out of shape. It's pretty obvious for, for him, right? And um, NBA fat. Let's clarify. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, you know, uh, but he looks he looks NBA fat and out of shape. He defensively actually didn't look that bad. Shots off. I think part of the problem is he's got a minutes restriction. He can only play like 15, 20 minutes, which sucks. But I think a lot of the issues last season when he came back was how he can fit with team, how he can play with Jordan Poole. Like that was a weird kind of like uh, mm-hmm. situation, another mm-hmm. situation you could say that got solved because in the postseason it's winning time. I think a lot of things get solved or they get exposed for the Warriors that got solved in winning time. But now it's like, well, we got 82 games now. Jordan Poole has gotten paid. He right now is a better basketball player than Clay Thompson in the regular season. What happens? And you start to see Clay like, and I think he's wrestling a little bit with like his his basketball. I think immortality or mortality, you could say, where it's just like, dude, I don't know how many years I have left. I think he's asking those questions, and, and then that's what happens when you know. I'm sure Devin Booker told him he was washed or some shit, and the dude just completely lost it or or something, right? So Clay's the biggest question right now. But I say this. Clay's going to come in tonight and make eight threes in like 20 minutes. Like that wouldn't surprise me either, but you know. So yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say is that I remember talking to, to Sam before or during the playoffs even about Clay specifically, because I thought he just looked bad <laughs> when he came back. But Sam was like, the thing about Clay is that, you know, he's going to make shots in a big spot in a huge spot. So like, sure, he's an overpaid, overqualified, big shot, Bob. At this point, and you know, he's still pretty good at defense and all of that, but like that's kind of what he does on this team. He doesn't do the on ball stuff. It's just no, it's all Wiggins these days. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Make a big shot when you're called upon. And I think he's gonna do that. But you know, again, he's in that Draymond zone of man, what's your future on this team? And what do these they already hired your replacement? I mean, that's already paid them. Obvious. How can you justify playing paying Clay and Poole 30 million bucks a piece? That's not a thing. That's not a thing. To your point on Steph being one of the best leaders in the NBA, it, it reminds me of like the Celtics when they had that whole, you know, Gordon Hayward and 
but and he was getting minutes, but Jalen mm-hmm. Brown was clearly better than him. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, Kyrie opposite end of the spectrum with regards to leadership. So that whole thing just, you know, blew up in flames. But like, you know, it's that's always kind of the thing with the Warriors. It's like, it's got to be uncomfortable if you're if you're Clay and Draymond. And, you know, you mean everything to this franchise. You're very important players and essentially making them a global brand. Like, let's be honest about it. That's yeah, a fact. It, they were nothing before this team. They didn't matter in the yes. basketball um, ether. Like now they're they're there with like the Chicago Bulls and like those teams who have global recognition. And they're getting older. And in Clay's case, it's more injuries. But, you know. You bring in Jordan Poole. You have a, a Wiseman at Kuminga. You, management's like letting you know what they what they want to be able to do. They want to be able to like slowly put you guys out to pasture and have the young guys take you. All things considered, I think it's gone as well as anyone could hope because it hasn't like, well, I guess there was a punch. But um, <laughs> other, than, other than that, you know, it's like, it, it's not like it's a, a daily a daily grind of drama, like the way that Boston team was, where that's like the worst case example of trying to do two different timelines at the same right. time. Right. But it yeah. is, it is just something, it is interesting. And that's, and that's what I love about this team. Even when they are so clearly like, all right, these guys are going to be there at the end of the year that, you know, you would think like, all right, they're just a known quantity. There's nothing interesting about them. They're still delivering drama and intrigue, even as, as consistent and as solid of a rock of franchises you can find these days. So that's why I'm really interested to watch what they do going forward. I want to thank you guys, of course, for coming on the weekend show with me. Tell the people where they can find your stuff. Because, again, to me, obviously, I love Marcus. I love Kawakami. Slater's my dog. I, I love all of these guys and the coverage that they bring. But I just think there's something unique about, you know... Andy's fucking, you know, Paul Heyman act on Twitter. It's just, it's just great. I just love what y'all do. Obviously, y'all my friends, so I'm biased. But tell the people where they can find what y'all doing, man. Yeah, light ears. You can you can follow us on Twitter. Get linked to every show. Pretty much have a show after every Warriors game. We're actually doing them on YouTube Live this year, Ooh, giving nice. that a shot. So you can you can visually watch us too. You can Ooh. you can comment on how ugly we are. We don't really <laughs> care. But yeah, no pod feed. <laughs> but yeah, podcast, YouTube, whatever, maybe. Appreciate you, Woss. Of course, man. Thank you, guys. And of course, thank Jade Whaley for producing this episode for us. We'll see you guys next weekend. Peace. Peace.